Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. The start of another week, and uh, I'm really just glad, Frank, that I didn't say Locked on AFL. I recorded the first episode this morning. Uh, I, I, you know, we, we got through unscathed, and it, it, it's in the books, but now I just got to make sure I don't mix my uh, footy talk with my Bucks talk. But uh, kind of a big day for the Bucks franchise, Bucks players we saw across the weekend involved in a couple of protests first Giannis Dante Brooke Lopez Frank Mason Cam Reynolds a couple of other players were out on their own and they went out on their own accord to protest and then today in what I think was the first for the US sports team I was trying to to see whether any other teams have done this I don't think they have the Bucks organized their own uh, march from Fiserv Forum to Veterans Park in Milwaukee and there was a lot of players there was owners obviously the media was there there was a lot of video that came from this but the Bucks again uh, certainly not shying away from attempting to, to make a difference in the community. Yeah, and it, I think um, uh, did did we hear the reports that there's like there were like seventy five hundred people or some 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 something on yeah. that magnitude yeah. um, at Veterans Park, which is obviously um, you know pretty amazing turnout. Uh, and yeah, I, I, it sounded like there were you know there have been. Um, NBA players involved to, to, to differing extents sort of throughout kind of the last few weeks. I think certainly the, you know, Steven Jackson, uh, Carl Towns is kind of there with him speaking out after sort of the initial fallout of um, George Floyd's death. And, and of course, Steven Jackson having um, known George Floyd for, you know, since they were kids, it sounds like uh, that obviously kind of started, I think sort of the, the NBA sort of, uh, relationship to everything that's happening but obviously um you know culturally uh the ideas behind this are are you know things that we've heard nba players talk about in the past and it's obviously you know extremely um relevant to to all the pro sports teams but i think the nba obviously has led um when you talk about sports has led in, in a number of respects in recent years um and i think you, know, you look at the Bucks. I mean, th- there have been a number of things that have happened um, around the Bucks in recent years, where you know that sort of highlight the um, you know racial inequality topic and the issues around that in a really kind of really obvious ways and ways that you know again people think that once you're rich and famous, you you are sort of beyond this, right? And yeah. of course, the Sterling Brown incident. Um, a couple of years ago, or well, I don't know when it was, was it two years ago, a year and a half ago? Um, you know, it's obviously one that, that's still fresh on people's minds and Sterling was out there today. Sterling obviously restricted free agent, but um, is still here. Um, you know, John Henson, I think people maybe, some people may have forgotten about it, but you know, I think the incident where he was going to the uh, the jeweler and, you know, cops ended up getting called and, or whatever, you know, just, just stuff like that, that there obviously have been, um, examples of of the types of things that um, are 
you know, why, why these things are happening, right. In this, in this broader context, it's obviously, you know, not just one single thing that, that has triggered all this. It's, it's a collection of many, many things. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm sitting here in Texas, you're in Australia, so we, we can't comment on, on exactly how things went down today. Um, I'm not going to pretend I, I can speak to it, uh, you know, any, any more than I kind of already have, but, um, I just thought it was, it's pretty powerful that, um, you know, when certainly in my lifetime, we've never had this kind of hole in our lives as far as sports and being able to have, you know, we've had sports taken away from us, right? That sports is like a cultural touchstone has been kind of torn from us because of coronavirus and not being able to have sports these last few months. And so it, it's this, it's this really interesting thing that obviously, you know, nobody would have wanted these incidents, George Floyd and others to have recently happened to, to kind of set all this off. But it's really fascinating that we would see this kind of social movement and the Bucks playing, you know, a part of that. Uh, I'm not saying they're, they're leading on it, right? This is things have been going on for, for obviously a little while now. Um, and, you know, I'd say give credit to the Bucks for, for trying to get involved in a way that's, um, you know, proactive, peaceful, and, and also very obvious, right? Um, very visible. Uh, and credit to the players who showed out on Saturday as well. You know, that was obviously not um, Bucks organized uh, on Saturday. Um, so it's, it, it's pretty powerful, though. I think that at a time when it feels like we've never been further from having sports be parts of our be part of our lives, right? Like physically, we we can't get close to the athletes that we've loved to watch all these all this all these years and you know this year um, to be able to have them kind of step up and be front and center in in a way like this um, in in really a socially much more meaningful way than than obviously just sports, right? Um, in a way that obviously stands for much more than just the you know basketball and, and things around it. It's uh, you know, it's a pretty cool and powerful thing, and and obviously, who knows where where we go from here. Um, but uh, you know, again, I think when when you just sort of think about the the role that that sports can play in this, and and the way that sports can hopefully begin to unify and push for something that goes beyond what happens on in the arena, you know, on the football field, on the baseball diamond, whatever. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that things like this can, can matter and can help kind of drive a broader understanding of, of what this is all about. And obviously, you know, having it happen in a, in a peaceful way, obviously, um, is also obviously encouraging to see. Um, and, and cause I mean, heck, like, you know, if you're an NBA player and when this was all starting, like I'm sure, you know, agents and not to be too cynical about it, but people are probably concerned like, okay, how do I get involved here in a way that, you know, I'm not going to get injured or, or thrown in jail or whatever. Right. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's obviously just been a really fraught time across America and, and even the world to some extent. So, um, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised that eventually here the NBA and, and the bucks, given kind of what we know about them, that, that they would find a way to get involved. And um, obviously it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard, I think, to just pinpoint an, an emotion about it, but um, obviously they're, they're trying to be involved in a proactive and productive way and peaceful way. And, and obviously I think that's, that's something that, that they deserve credit for, for sure. 
All right, Frank, just a note from our friends over at rockauto.com before we move along. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all your parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you right locked on. In the How Did You Hear About Us box, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I mentioned this last week in the discussion with Tally, and I was just talking about social media and, and media in general in relation to all this. And I think from a social media perspective, I'm certainly in a fortunate position, uh, as you are, Frank, that we are follow and and have so many friends in the city of Milwaukee that you see the positive side of this. But I think social media, particularly with an event like Saturday uh, with the protests and also the protests organized by the Bucks on Sunday, uh, how it's peaceful and people are coming together and it, it, you see a different side of things on, on social media. And I think we've had the benefit of that in relation to Milwaukee in particular. Uh, and while we both weren't there, as you mentioned, it's been interesting to me to look at Giannis and to the surprise of no one being a, a vocal leader and this sort of evolution of, of him using his voice and understanding the power of that and, and being a real vocal leader uh, has been something that has been interesting to watch through the last few years. I think it, it started on the court, obviously, and he became the Bucks' best player and then that transitioned into uh, different aspects and we've seen with the Bucks. They had the, the prison visit that they had earlier in the season and Giannis was speaking to the prisoners there. And again, leading from the front, uh, it, it's just been really cool to see this evolution from him and him understanding what his voice can mean and the position that he's in. And again, I mean, we talk about Giannis the basketball player all the time, but Giannis the human is just unbelievable, just just an unbelievable person. And it, it, it absolutely does not surprise me to see him out there on Saturday, uh, volunteering his own time and going out there and, and you know picking up the megaphone and making the speech that I'm sure everyone has seen. And then again today out there with his brother and, and, and marching for the, for the Bucks uh, protest. It, it, just, a, just a great guy. I, mean, I, I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we've, we're just spoiled that, that he's somebody that I think um, is able to be genuine and, and really transcend you know, the fact that he's a great athlete. And I think that's obviously probably the hardest thing to do in sports is to not just be, you know, a being obviously at the peak of, you know, your profession and being an MVP and being this historically great athlete, but then to take that and begin to use that platform in a way that, you know, can bring positivity to whether it's something like what we're seeing now or, or anything else. Um, it's obviously not, not something that comes natural to everybody. And, um, you know, Giannis is still just a 25 year old guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's still, a, still a young guy, you know, just, just had a son, which, you know, came up in, uh, what he was saying on, on Saturday <laughs> when he got the, when he got the megaphone and, um, 
you know, I think that's the thing, right? It's, uh, it's not a rehearsed thing with him, right? I think that's what's what, I think that's what people really appreciate. And you hope that with sports, um, you know, sports often kind of help bridge like cultural divides and help people who don't look or think alike um, to maybe understand each other a little bit better, right? It's, it's obviously a great unifying thing. Um, and so you hope that, that, I think that's one way that, that hopefully athletes um, like Giannis can hopefully make people understand a little bit more why this is happening. And, and again, you know, to the extent that things become fraught with politics and misunderstanding, hopefully that, you know, what, what the power of someone like Giannis, who has obviously, you know, a hundred percent approval rating in the state of Wisconsin, right? Like, you know, you, you hope that him lending his voice to what's happening and, um, in a personal way too, like his comments about not wanting to, you know, not wanting his son to be afraid to, to walk the streets of Milwaukee, right? Wanting to raise his son here. And, and obviously, of course, selfishly as Bucks fans, we love to hear any allusions to Giannis raising his son slash children uh, in, in Milwaukee. We hope obviously that will, uh, that, that will grow up their entire lives here. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's something that I think hopefully to the extent that what's been happening if it doesn't resonate it doesn't make sense to people they can't understand it can't appreciate it i mean i mean look at me right i'm a, a white guy who grew up in the suburbs of milwaukee right um i certainly can't directly relate to having experienced you know a lot of the things that um that have sparked all this right and, and that go back for decades and generations and centuries right but um but hopefully if there are people that that didn't get it maybe, or don't, don't understand why, you know, hopefully hearing Giannis and, and others like him, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, and, and the Packers uh, haven't, I don't think they've been mar- you know, marching in any protests, but, but put out some, some stuff on social media that I think resonated with a lot of people, uh, maybe more so than Drew Brees uh, last week. Um, you know, again, hopefully that just helps spark a conversation that's productive. Right. And that's, that's kind of, I think, what you hope that that uh, athletes as celebrities can can hopefully do is is maybe bridge some of that some of that ground that otherwise may not may not may, those discussions that may not otherwise happen. Um, so, you know, again, kudos to them and and continuing a long line. I you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had I think a very thoughtful uh, op-ed a couple weeks ago when all this was starting as well. Kareem, obviously, one of the you know really groundbreaking I think athletes slash activists, you know, someone who had a very uh, strong social consciousness really from the time he was a young man and, and obviously having spent time in Milwaukee and, you know, ultimately leaving Milwaukee, unfortunately, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting sort of seeing Kareem, hearing Kareem uh, and, and now seeing someone like Giannis want to embrace that, that role. And I think back as well to, um, I think was it at All Star Weekend? He was at a panel with uh, yeah. President Obama, and I think uh, he actually kind of called out Giannis a little bit and just said, you know, like because I think Giannis was talking about you know growing up, you know, they sort of kept their head down because you know they they weren't legally in Greece basically, right? And they they weren't citizens. They were in this really you know kind of they were basically people without a country to some extent living in Greece with his family. And so they sort of had to mind their own business. And, um, you know, president Obama basically said, Hey, 
you know, you've got a chance to lead and, and kind of lean into that. And, um, it's interesting now a couple months later to, to see him obviously doing that in, in ways that, you know, I think you can draw maybe a, a direct line between, between that, those, those ideas. So, um, so yeah, I, I think again, we're, you know, we're a basketball podcast. <laughs> I, I will say I'm, I'm certainly not qualified to offer any great insight into this, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, we'll certainly always feel more comfortable when we're just talking about basketball, but, um, it's pretty special, I think, to to think about how, you know, people like Giannis and, and the Bucks more broadly, how they can hopefully be a positive agent for change and understanding around these bigger, kind of more ingrained challenges that um that obviously have, you know, I mean, this is this has been simmering for forever. Um and it's it, you know, every once in a while we we kind of see things and have to think about things, whether it's Sterling Brown, whether it's other things. Um but hopefully this has been a weekend that, you know, hopefully is help people understand the conversation and, and hopefully it, it makes it a more productive one moving forward. You mentioned the comments Giannis uh, said on the Saturday uh, where he mentioned his son and him growing up in Milwaukee. And I wanted to quickly touch on that. And while I, you were just talking then, I searched on Twitter. I was trying to find the exact quote. But anyway, uh, you know, long story short, he basically said, I, I want my uh, son to feel safe growing up on the streets of Milwaukee. And during my Twitter search here, I just got to mention this. Uh, an old tweet of yours has surfaced uh, just uh, because uh, the words have, have come up in the search. It's from December 7, 2017. And this is, if I've ever seen a, a trademark Frank tweet, this is it. It says, Giannis only had one good quarter, but still finishes with 25 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, two steals. Uh, scorekeeper still hasn't given him a rebound for his last tip in, but I am, God damn it. Happy birthday to Milwaukee's favorite and freakiest son. So I don't know what game that was. But that's a pretty nice line for Giannis, 25, 10, 4, 2, and 2. So good for him. But the point of all this is that I want to ask you, because I'm, I'm always someone, I've said this before, I'm always someone that gets a little bit hesitant or a little bit nervous when players are openly talking about returning to the city and making comments like this that everyone goes crazy about, particularly now in 2020. Like you can't say anything uh, without people taking it and run. So clearly, as you said, for us, we're biased. We're we're selfish. We want Giannis here forever. And when he says something like that, uh, you automatically say, "Oh, really? Oh, you want your son to to grow up in Milwaukee? That's very interesting." Uh, are we? Uh, it's, do you do you take anything from this? Are you a guy that listens to that and says, "Yeah, that's come from the heart"? Because remember, Giannis is a guy that I uh, have always imagined, and from what we've seen and listened to him say, he, he's not someone that that plans speeches out. Let's just say that I think he, he speaks with with what's in his. Uh, mind or in his heart at the time of course things can change but how do you how do you read into that if anything at all i I don't know if i read much into it i mean again it's 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 more like you know on a day when we also saw you know like it I, i feel like the most of the uh random garbage coming out of that you know Giannis leaving <laughs> yeah. stuff comes from the um whatever their their local whatever the warriors local uh local account is that for their tv channel um seems to like just draw out these things and today it was like somebody asked tom hyherstro if you should give up clay thompson in a potential Giannis trade if he was available and tom hyherstro was like well yes obviously (laughs) um and then of course that gets spun into like a you know should the should the, the warriors give up clay to get Giannis? and it's just like all right, we really need actual basketball back because, you know, 
like this isn't based on obviously anything that Giannis has said um, or or done to imply that you know he's going to demand a trade or something this summer, um, which I think is the is the literally the only way that the Bucks would con- or win you know fall whenever the season ends. Literally the only way the Bucks would even consider trading him, right? Even if he says no, I'm just not signing an extension. Like they're not gonna um, they're not gonna trade him with like a year left. They're gonna roll the dice and you know, try to win a championship. I mean, you know, the effort, let's win a championship mindset is I think absolutely the one that the Bucks are going to have. Um, so anyway, yeah, but, but so I, I don't really read too much into it. Um, but of course, I mean, I think Giannis uses is his team, his city until, you know, there's some, something would force that to change. I, again, I don't think, you know, um, small things would, would make Giannis think that, you know, this isn't where he's going to be. Um, but again, it's, it's just, it's obviously a weird place now too, just cause I mean, what, what is, what are these playoffs going to be like? What, what is winning and losing them going to mean for uh, something like Giannis? Who knows? Right. Obviously you hope they win whatever version of the championship there is. And, and he signs as for as long as possible, which is that supermax. Um, but if he doesn't, if they don't, and he doesn't, it's also not the end of the world. It's not some, um, you know, again, me will make it out to be some inevitability that he is going to leave if that happens. But I, again, as we've discussed a million times, I, I don't think that's the case. So, yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just consistent with Giannis's general mindset about where he fits into all this. And I think, you know, I think, I think him showing out and, you know, his role this weekend and the fact that the city turned out for him in this way with this massive gathering. And again, obviously people have been protesting and doing their thing, you know, well before Giannis got involved. So I'm not going to say things like, Oh, you know, Giannis inspired, you know, yeah. people to start taking action. That's I'm not saying that, but there obviously was a huge turnout today um, for this bucks kind of driven thing. And, um, and I think, you know, guys, someone like Giannis probably feels like it's got to feel pretty good that, you know, you can, feel like you have a voice and that you can inspire people in your city. And it probably feel, it makes him feel like he can take ownership of, you know, his leadership in the city in a way that, you know, again, yeah, you, you, any, any, any city would love to have you and will cheer for you. Um, but obviously he has a really unique relationship with this city. You know, it's, it's kind of the closest you can probably come <laughs> for someone who's not American who didn't quote unquote grow up here and you didn't get here till he was 18. I mean, his, his relationship to the city is, is about as, you know, closely intertwined as you can imagine, right? Just given everything that's happened here, his family coming here, everything else, um, you know, he is, he is linked to the city in ways that few other athletes have ever been linked to it. And that's obviously something that hopefully will serve the Bucks well when we do get to those con- contract decisions. Yeah, no question. Obviously, Giannis, with that athlete, uh, relationship with the city, me with that media relationship in the city, very similar. But uh, since we since we last spoke, they've locked in the twenty two team uh, setup that we discussed. And if you want to hear Frank and I's detailed thoughts on all that, we spoke about that over the course of a couple of podcasts towards the end of last week. But one thing that's that's interesting is the coronavirus aspect of this because we've just spent the first twenty or so minutes here talking about protests. Clearly, uh, and not just in the US, by the way, huge protests in Australia across the weekend uh, as well. And (laughs) 
you know, particularly Australia is a country that has really had this under control. And so the government, of course, is freaking out saying, well, okay, what are we going to have this massive outbreak now? But in the US, you've seen thousands and thousands of people for, for two weeks now. And we don't really know what the impact of that is going to be. Certainly, the curve, as, as they like to, to talk about this thing, has slowly uh, started to, to flatten out a little bit. But it's not like the US was being in the position where it's all okay and it's time to start opening up. Things have been forced open through other reasons rega- uh, related to the economy and, and that kind of thing. But it's still a significant risk. And it's hard not to look at all these players and the people that they've been around and the people they've been exposed to. Uh, quite obviously, the protest is, is a worthy cause, but it, it does feel like coronavirus has been pushed to the back and, and almost now you know, people don't really care about it anymore. And uh, I think that for the NBA, it's clearly something that's still on their radar. Again, we, we touched on it briefly last week, but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here in the next few weeks leading up to, to training camp and then trying to move into the bubble. Because uh, as we saw when things first broke out you always have this sense that oh well NBA players are going to be fine like celebrities are going to be fine well it wasn't the case we saw a number of players uh, contracted the virus and if that happens we've already spoke about what impact that could have on the season the number that the NBA has put on the bubble is 1600 which if you divided that straight up by 22 then that's 72 people per team but of course that that's not the way this is going to work because there's there is going to be some media down there officials other staff from the league what broadcaster is going to be down there this number is going to be significantly smaller that there may be groups of i don't know 35 40 per team but it's still a lot of people and we don't really know how they're going to work out the bubble down there at disney i i tweeted something out the other day i actually thought i was at the point where I was sick of making Lopez Disney jokes. I thought I was kind of getting a little bit tired. And I found this website where you can put a mustache on uh, on people's faces. And all of a sudden, I, I, I was right back in on the Lopez Disney content. And, uh, and, and we went from there. But just so many things still to look at here. And, it, you know, the next few weeks, as we look at the impact in coronavirus and the protests, might, it might change things. We don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I, I thought it was, it's an interesting thing. Decision it was an interesting decision for for athletes in particular, right? Because they're all going to be for under, sure. the, you know, the microscope. I guess semi pun intended. Um, with you know, if if they test positive, it becomes a really big deal, and everybody's going to know about it, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that said, it's early June. The league is not beginning its you know quote unquote seeding games until July thirty first. So you know selfishly just thinking about it very near, cynically narrow-minded from like a basketball perspective you know i mean every, if, if you didn't see pictures i mean Giannis and his teammates everybody was wearing face masks during the um the marches and the protests this weekend so i'm i'm sure you know everybody around those guys was like hey be really careful about this be responsible you know, even if, if only to set an example, right? Because if they're running around without masks, yeah. I think then it just sort of broadcasts, I think probably a message to others that like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Um, so on the one hand, um, you know, even if God forbid someone did catch the virus, you know, um, again, just given their ages and um, theoretically their immune systems and all that, it, it's most likely that they're not going to be dramatically impacted and certainly not, um, you would expect anybody would be able to recover well in advance of um you know game starting that said uh there's the broader societal issue that you hit on which is obviously 
you know, put aside the NBA, the NBA players who are going to have all the medical care in the world. Uh, they're literally going to be tested daily once they go into that bubble. And that bubble obviously is going to be, um, you know, policed, uh, probably bad. Okay. Let me take that back. I don't want to use the, the, the verb police, even though I was not referring to actual police being involved. Um, <laughs> that obviously is going to be, you know, it's not going to be a strict bubble, but obviously there's going to be a lot of concern, especially from, you know, playoff teams to make sure that, that the integrity of that bubble um, is maintained. And again, I, you know, I, I'm fascinated. Are they actually going to be able to prevent, you know, anybody from catching coronavirus? No idea. Right. I mean, there's obviously people working wait staff, you know, room attendants, all these other people that are going to have to be at least somewhat in that bubble, you know, coming in and out of that bubble. But um, we'll, we'll have to see, but, but yeah, I mean, obviously from a societal standpoint, um, well, we'll see how things go, right? Um, I think obviously everything that's been happening, the protests, I mean, it's kind of ironic. I'm sure some people are probably staying away because of concerns around the, the health aspect of this. Obviously, a lot of people wearing um, face masks and trying to be somewhat responsible about it. You know, it is open air. People are moving around, which you know, I think supposedly should, should help, obviously, versus being you know, stuck in a small room or something like that. Um, but obviously, yeah, as a, as a country, obviously you're hoping that there isn't, um, a negative impact from this. And the flip side is, I mean, it's interesting, especially during the week. I mean, if we didn't have record unemployment and people just at home cooped up with nothing to do, um, you know, would, would the protests have gotten as big and, um, as pervasive as they have been? I think that's an interesting thing that, you know, we'll never know the answer to, but you know, that, that's been something that's obviously probably made, um, made all this, a bigger thing than, than maybe otherwise would have been. So, um, but I don't know. We'll, we will see. Um, I think, yeah, we've been seeing, a, came out a little bit more detail on exactly how they're doing this. Um, again, we said daily testing. Um, if someone tests positive minimum seven day, uh, quarantine for a player who tests positive, which is interesting because of course, you know, generally the rule of thumb that most countries have applied, you know, most municipalities have been 14 days quarantine if you test positive, but that's also, you know, just a general kind of rule of thumb. That's not, you know, people who are getting tested every day and under this, you know, bright spotlight <laughs> as far as their health goes, like professional athletes. So, um, so I, again, we'll see, obviously, I think that's trying to address this kind of scenario where, you know, what happens if multiple players on a team test positive, then if the immediate rule is you're out 14 days, obviously that can completely change the complexion of this whole tournament when, you know, it's, I guess possible they could recover sooner and not be contagious. But again, then we start getting into the science and, you know, this is still obviously an illness that we don't know that much about. And that's part of the, the scariest part of all this. But I think fundamentally, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm still very concerned about, you know, societally and, and, and economically, how do we kind of balance all this and, and do it in a way that, that kind of makes sense and keeps people safe um, from a league perspective. I don't know. I, 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 you know, am I worried about the league being able to keep players, uh, players safe? No, not really. I'm, not, I'm honestly, I'm not worried about that kind of at all. Um, I mean, players are literally playing in pickup games right now across the country. Like there's a lot more dangerous stuff happening right now by players who are, you know, outside of this structure than I think what you would be exposed to inside of what the league is trying to do. Um, I think there is some concern about, you know, like 
some of this debate around like coaches, like are these older coaches going to be able to even be on the sideline, which surprised me. Um, I have to think, you know, the older coaches will be allowed to be on the sideline. That kind of surprised me when Adam Silver kind of left open the possibility that maybe they wouldn't even be allowed on the sideline. Um, but, you know, again, all this stuff is, is uncharted territory and there's a lot of legwork that I'm sure we're going to find out in the logistics of, of the health aspects of this that, that's still going to be figured out. Um, so that will be, that'll be interesting to watch. Um, also, this Shams report, the family limit for NBA players, three people with some exceptions. Obviously, the first thing I thought of was, you know, Giannis. But, hey, they have two brothers on the team, so that technically means they can have six people, right? So they should be totally fine, I guess. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that's uh, all this stuff I'm sure will be continually evolving. And, um, you know, like there's, there could be some crowd noise. They're still discussing that with the Players Association. A lot till, still to be decided. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, again, we're now what, eight weeks away from actual basketball. If everything goes well, um, again, basketball might seem like kind of a small thing right now, but, um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, this is my favorite sport. I love the bucks. I'm going to be really thankful if we can see NBA basketball in some form this summer. And I think certainly, um, it'll be something that hopefully get, lets us all maybe get, uh, have something to kind of cheer for together again. Right. Which, which obviously we've, um, when, when there's no sports, I feel like sometimes you just sort of, the, the, the things that drive us apart maybe become a little bit more obvious. <laughs> and, uh, I think it'll be nice to have, you know, knock on wood, have sports back to kind of, again, play that, that kind of unifying role, which, um, you know, I think we, I think we talked about it, this idea of, you know, not having a championship parade if the Bucks win a title. Um, and it's kind of weird, right? Like, what we saw on Sunday might be the closest thing we get to a team, a team event like that, like a, an event where the team tries to kind of rally the community together. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's strange. It's strange that we got something like that uh, in a year when it seemed like even a championship mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to be celebrated. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of how things go, but we, we have plenty of time to discuss obviously all of the, the ins and outs of, of this tournament. Uh, over the next month and change. Yeah, I guess last week we technically went a little bit early when we were saying it was official, but now it is official. Uh, we know that the countdown to basketball is on. And for the Bucks, again, it's a matter of between now and then uh, staying healthy, getting down to Disney and giving themselves the best opportunity to have this shot at a title. So, uh, Frank, thanks for jumping on. I know it's uh, late on a Sunday for you. Not that, uh, not that you know, we don't normally record uh, later on at night but for everyone else i hope you had a good weekend you hope you stayed safe if you're out there on the march with the bucks you can you can let us know what the experience was like for you at locked on bucks if i'm going to plug a podcast on the network now i have to plug my own locked on afl if you if you haven't watched footy before australian football that is the season is starting in three days so maybe if you want to learn a little bit maybe if you're not sick of hearing my voice you can you can just subscribe to Locked On AFL or follow us on Twitter at Locked On AFL. But for now, Frank, uh, thanks again for you. Thanks for everyone for listening and we'll be back tomorrow.